Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello everyone and welcome to Wrestle Nation, a pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. As Always, the architect, the man of a thousand nicknames, Mike Paris. Paris, how are you doing? Uh, You know, did did you guys hear that? It was the sound of a little bit of relief coming off my shoulders from carrying this goddamn show for however long. But, okay, yeah, that's aside the point. I'm I'm well, Bowman. I'm glad to have you back. It sounds like you're feeling a bit better. You yes, have your sir. voice. Special thanks to my co-host from last week, Ryan Schapp, who came in and filled in uh, for both y'all, because, uh, well, all of y'all. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone but as always yeah i am uh, on the mend i had zero voice and a pretty nasty fever last week so uh at shaptop s-c-h-a-a-p-t-o-p uh loved the show you guys did within the first like five minutes he had referenced the monday night raw where sunny got caked uh uh, when she was with the smoking guns and yep. he put over Rob Van Dam huge. So I was listening and just nodding very much in approval, very sick, but also <laughs> absolutely loving the show. I'm like, yeah, you talk more about Rob Van Dam and how good he is. Uh, we are without award-winning journalist, uh, Wyatt Arndt, the stanchion this week, but we went out and we got a great, uh, replacement for him. Good little fill in here. Uh, you know him. He is, uh, one of the commentators for NEW. Uh, he also does a lot of work with, uh, Sports S650 and producing, uh, Canucks. Are you always producing Canucks Conversation, sir? Uh, it's, it's called the Canucks warm up with Faber and quads and yeah, pretty much every single week I produce that show. Awesome. That voice you hear is Justin Morissette. Justin, how are you doing this fine evening? I am so thrilled to finally get the call and make my big debut appearance on Wrestle Nation and ahead of the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is all about the big debut, so I feel like I could not have timed it any better. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, fellas. This this appearance of Justin coming on the show, it, God damn it, it's hotter than the beaches of Cleveland. 
Oh, let's not say anything we can't take back now. Uh, yeah, it was a shocking surprise debut. We should have had a 10-second countdown for the uh, for the guest host, and then here's Justin <laughs> Morissette's music, and he comes out. Uh, he mentioned the Royal Rumble. Bit of a different show this week. We'll be primarily talking uh, Royal Rumbles. We have skipped it on this week in wrestling history for the entire month of January, even though I keep seeing those things pop up. Uh, we're going to talk all Rumbles, historical uh, talking about the upcoming Rumble this Saturday, which still feels really weird to say that it's a Saturday Rumble. Uh, but before that, we do have a little bit of NEW news to get to, so let's get to the NEW segment. Oh my God! Come on! All right, so like I said, there is some fresh, hot NEW news. Uh, probably the biggest thing that's happened in the last week or two has been the uh, start of the Twitter Spaces uh, conversations at uh, for NEW Wrestling Inc. with uh, President Rob Fay. Uh, have you guys heard these yet? No, I I went and tried to tried to jump in on one, and uh, I was too late. Hmm. Apparently, I missed my timing, so I haven't had a chance yet. But but I I will keep an eye out for that little annoying box at the top left corner of my Twitter app that usually I don't care about, but this time I do. I have uh, I've not seen these either. I, I would love to hear what uh, what Rob has to say about the, what's going on and getting people hyped up. I'm sure, of course, for the show coming up towards the tail end of February. But uh, just like Mr. Paris, these have eluded me thus far. Hey, I, I thought we were the official broadcast voices of of NEW. Is Rob Rob trying to scoop our heat a little bit? No, here not what? at all. What these things are, they're actually super interesting. So Rob's talking about more of the uh, the business side of things, like what goes into booking like out of town wrestlers. Um, yeah, just more of that side of things. What goes into like putting on a show, um, like budget allocation, like that kind of stuff. It's very behind the scenes, but it's also super interesting. Uh, he's not talking about Billy Gunn and his adult sons. So uh, so that's that's good. So we. <laughs> Still have, we Do you still feel have like our me niche. and Ryan missed something last week there, Bowman. You, yeah, you... <laughs> Billy Gunn and his adult sons are doing things, and you guys aren't. That's saying what they a should be called. That would be that would be a better name for their stable. I will Billy Gunn and, and his, his adult, adult sons. sons. That's all I will ever refer to them as: is Billy Gunn and his adult sons. Are you kidding me? The Ass Boys is so good. It is like. I, I I think you gotta feel proud that the Ass Boys remain the exclusive domain of NEW WrestleMania, <laughs> that Rob Fay is not cutting in on that territory. Good, good. But Rob has also given some you know really good insight into the production aspect of it, like the shooting of things, uh, and how like he had like advice for some wrestlers that like if you know of where like your your spots are going to be, talk to the people who are going to be like shooting it, and just. Make Make sure they kind of know what's coming up so it's captured from like multiple angles in a way that's really going to pop on a like highlight reel or something like that. So a lot of really interesting insight on the Twitter spaces. I don't think people really understand, Jordan, just how complex some of the technical setups have been in the shows that have been put on thus far. You and I both know, of course, that the shows that went on at Studio Nightclub for NEW3 had like a live crew doing the entire show remotely from a separate location. We had like a satellite link in the nightclub to make those shows happen. It's crazy. There was a truck out back, brother. 
we had a Kevin Dunn in the truck. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, there was no truck there. But yeah, no, it was it was nuts. The amount of production value that's going into that. So if that's you know kind of the direction the Twitter spaces like keeps going, that's a very cool kind of free form uh, conversation. I'm sure there's going to be a time coming up where he might have people like contribute and, and share stuff. So yeah, that's. I think it's going to be Tuesdays and Wednesday or Tuesdays and Thursdays, but this week it was on Wednesday. So follow uh, at NEW Wrestling Inc. to uh, see when those are going to be. And just to, to add on to what you guys are saying, that that work shows. And if, for people out there who haven't, and I was recommending some matches, some shows uh, to Ryan last week, for people who haven't watched the NEW product straight from day one, this has been some of the best filmed best produced and hey best commentated uh wrestling independent wrestling that you're gonna see on youtube so check it out if you haven't done so already ah shucks. even if you watch the live show go back and watch the recorded version it's it's worth worth doing so so we've had some of the new wrestlers come on the show uh but justin you've been listening to another podcast uh recently that's been featuring uh some of the new talent as well uh why don't you let us know a bit about that yeah, I want to shout out my buddy Blair Pacheco's podcast. He's based out of Winnipeg and does a lot of wrestling uh, interviews with wrestlers in that local scene out there. So uh, it's mostly a lot of people that I'm not terribly familiar with out of the local Winnipeg scene. But I will say Blair has been watching a good amount of NEW as well. Every time those shows go up on YouTube, he gives them a watch. So he's discovered a lot of that West Coast talent and has been t- talking to really a lot of uh, the people from uh, from out here at NEW. So if you want to hear some long-form interviews with uh, talent like uh, a, a Ravenous Randy or perhaps a Judas Icarus or uh, a Liza Hall was on this week's show, I, I strongly recommend uh, looking up the Grain Maker Wrestling Podcast, hosted by Blair Pacheco. A ton of NEW wrestlers have been on it and uh, have been saying good things about the company. So that's always nice, too. Great name. Love the name. Fantastic. Uh, Also, uh, NEW put out an awesome graphic uh, this past week with main events and also Afterglow information and a lot of dates going in from now going into July, like the end of July. So it's going to be a big five months or so for NEW. Uh, Justin, tell us a little bit about Afterglow because you're going to be involved in uh, in Afterglow. Yes, I can confirm that I am the host of NEW Afterglow. Woo! It's going to be once a month. Uh, at Colony on Granville, uh, I also do the uh, the bocce tournaments at Colony on Granville when uh, that is a thing that is safe and available to happen during non-COVID times, which actually should be coming back soon too. So I'm going to be around Colony on Granville quite a lot, but really looking forward to once a month being there on Monday nights for NEW. We're putting on four wrestling matches over the course of the evening, plus pub trivia as well. Uh, it's $15 to sign up for a table, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, uh, I believe I have the price right on that. Do you have the information in front of you $15 for an individual and 40 for a table of four? Teams of four, $50. Okay, okay there yeah. we go. And then $15 uh, per person. Uh, yeah, so February 28th will be the first uh, edition of Afterglow. Uh, I believe the tickets are going to be on sale on February 1st uh, on NEWWrestling.com or NationExtremeWrestling.com. And then April 11th, May 31st, June 27th, and July 25th. So basically the Monday night following one of our main events. uh, And we've got NEW5 all the way through to NEW8 on the horizon this coming uh, year or this this next five months. So definitely going to be a big, busy time and a great time for wrestling fans in this region. 
and it's four wrestling matches, four rounds of trivia. We're thinking about, you know, having a title belt to give out to the winning team over the course of a season of trivia. So uh, a lot of fun, not just on the night, but over the course of uh, a multi-month season as well. Hope to see a ton of you out there for that when that gets going. And uh, really looking forward to, of course, having NEW5 right around the corner as well, a show that is definitely going to happen in some form after, you know, we got some tough news recently here in the local scene that the next rickshaw wrestling show is not going to go ahead as planned on February 11th. Unfortunately, February 25th, however, you still can see NEW at the Convention Center. What is the name of this venue? Har- the Harbor Convention the Center. Harbor Convention Formerly Center. the Edgewater Casino. So, yeah, if you're wondering where that is, it's a good time. I watched the uh, 2010 gold medal game there. I watched the 2010 gold medal game in a mall food court, so you win this round. Hold on. Hold, wait, let's not, let's not say thing. Hold on. What mall food court? Coquitlam Center. That's a bad little court there. They got a bourbon, had an Arby's they got a bourbon Street Grill, if bourbon I'm not Street mistaken. Grill. Oh, that's yeah, a good food yeah. court, baby. Yeah. If you don't have a Bourbon Street Grill, get out. Do they have a taco time? <laughs> they gotta have a taco time. They did have a taco time. I not. I might have closed at that by 2010, but it past tense taco time. What about a D- now they have a Taco Bell? Oh, hey, upgrade. As far as I'm concerned, uh, what about a DQlius? Do they have a DQlius? Oh, there's a DQlius. Oh, oh, all right. I can give you the whole rundown, like east to west, if you want me to. <laughs> Sounds like a whole other podcast. You know what? Yeah, let's save that for another uh, for another day. Maybe another DQlius. special do. DQlius. Uh, let's do it. Next is <laughs> New York uh, fries. Opa. New York fries. Oh, yes, Opa. Yeah. Then Tiki Ming Chinese, T- followed yeah. by by Opa. New York fries. There's got to be an Opa there. Subway. Yeah, I said Opa already. That's oh, right yeah. next to. T- Were you not paying? attention uh because i know this is really important subway a and w taco time kfc combo uh bourbon street grill arby's is now a taco place there's a poke place there's a vietnamese place and there's a juice place i can't remember which one jugo let's get justin mcelroy to rank mall food courts <laughs> next this is something that needs to happen so all right. Uh, well, that's it for uh, for the NEW segment. Follow at NEW Wrestling Inc. for all updates and on sales and all that. Yes, Paris. And follow Coquitlam Center for all your <laughs> at Coquitlam Center for all, for your, all your food court <laughs> food court updates. <laughs> uh, let's get into the uh, the wide world of wrestling and wrestling history at the same time. All right, gentlemen, this coming Saturday is the WWE Royal Rumble, obviously one of the most anticipated shows uh, every year. What a way to kick off the year uh, for wrestling. The Rumbles historically have been great. The Rumbles have also been uh, been shit at times and caused canceled WWE Network to trend worldwide at one point because people were very, very, very angry. Uh, But still, there's been a lot of great history of singles matches at the Royal Rumble, uh, the Rumble matches themselves. So we're just going to freeform here and just talk about like our favorite Rumble moments, memories, matches, uh, no particular order. We're not going to go chronologically. Um, But uh, Paris, what would you say is probably the biggest like Rumble memory? What jumps out at you the most uh, from this? Like, what do they do? Like 35 of these things? Uh, Yeah, like, I don't know. I... I've since watched the Ric Flair uh, one. What was that ninety two? Yep. And like, I think overall that may be one of my favorite Rumble matches. 
Um, even though I don't, of course, recall it when I was seven years old. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as memories, though, like 2000, 2001, both had great rumble matches as well as the overall card um, for both those shows was really good. And and I think that that's oftentimes this is one of the better pay-per-views uh, overall. Um, but of course, if the make or break moment is whether or not the rumble match is good, that is the or now rumble matches. Uh, that is kind of the make or break. But of course, Bowman, how could I forget? Best memories are with you, my friend. <gasps> yes. In in Phoenix, Arizona. That's you can't beat it seeing live. 2019. Is, oh yeah. There is something special and unique about uh seeing the Rumble live. It is if you're a wrestling fan, it is a a gotta do experience. Yeah, you mean why it did attend a 2019 Royal Rumble in Phoenix. Winners were uh, Seth Rollins and then Becky Lynch. That's where Lana got hurt in the pre-show. She hurt her leg and she came out and she tried. Uh, but then she got battered by Nia Jax, I believe. And then uh, Becky Lynch came out and Finley just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, eh, go for it. Uh, a little <laughs> Irish collusion there. And then she went and this is when she was at her ape, like she was at her biggest uh, at the time. So obviously people lost their damn minds over it. Uh, what else sticks out from that rumble? Uh, Daniel Bryan, Planets Champion, and his feud with the Royal Rumble Burger. Oh yeah, the, that the overall show. That, yeah. 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 yeah, that like I've mentioned on the show before. That's my favorite Daniel Bryan. Uh, maybe aside from current Daniel Bryan. Um, but yeah, the like planet loving like he. I remember we went to the. Um, what do they call it? The superstore, the big shop yep. that they open up oh, with yeah, the big yeah. pay-per-views At the and like yeah. go home and see him on the, on the, you know, on one of the tweets or something, a video of him like going through and like ripping everything up in that store and being like, this is useless plastic. Like get rid of it. I was like, this is awesome. So anyway. Good. And here's uh, guy who, the like, Miz he, and yeah. Shane McMahon won the tag titles that night. They too, did. Yeah. Who could they forget? did. Yeah. Made their dads proud. That's good. <laughs> Uh, Finn Balor chose not to unleash the demon against Brock Lesnar. It cost him dearly. Yeah, yeah. But are we talking specifically just Rumble matches, or are we going overall cards? Overall, here? like cards, pay-per-views, because there have been, there have been some absolute Rumble classic affiliated. like singles matches and stuff. So just the Royal All Rumble right. pay-per-view and all that, yeah. Well, I'm so glad, Paris, that you mentioned that uh, segment of him being at like the Superstore thing, because that is, I think, like the definitive promo segment of that version of the character, which I agree is the best Daniel Bryan, like within WWE, obviously, like the best mm -hmm. that he ever was there. Uh, so that the fact that that is like kind of just a throwaway backstage segment, uh, that I, did that air on the pay-per-view itself or was that an online special thing? I don't I, think we, so. we wouldn't have yeah. seen it. I don't so. think yeah, I'm so. Not, I'm it, not sure. It was weird to be there. Like we, Wyatt felt the same way. I've always wanted to see a Rumble live. I want to count down. I want to be there for it. But I much prefer watching it on TV and watching it at home because we missed so much. Like there's stuff yeah. we couldn't see. Like we thought Kurt Angle was still in there and he had been eliminated. I think like 15 real time minutes prior, uh, and we didn't know he was eliminated because it happened just like super super quickly. One of the bigger venues, though, that we saw it oh, in, I'm sure. In a, Chase in, Field. If you'd been in the, what was the one with another memorable moment, the John Cena return uh, in, like, Madison Square Gardens, like, if you were in that small, more intimate venue for this show, like, that must have been a hell of a show. Yeah. 
Well, it's now been six years of AJ Styles in WWE, which seems wild. Wow. We're talking about debuts in the Rumble. That feels like a pretty significant one uh, of late. But I guess if it's six years old now, it's not too recent. I know this is uh, recency bias on some level, but Edge's return in the Rumble a few years ago was and still does feel huge insofar as that Wrestling in general, and especially WWE, I feel like AEW is probably a little bit better at it overall. Uh, like It's just so rare to have a genuine surprise, a moment that is not foreseen at all by the IWC, that the dirt sheets have not spoiled for you weeks, if not months in advance. And now there was some rumblings in the days ahead uh, that Edge might pop up in the match, but it was kind of very low, not uh, reputable reporting, and people were like, well, that's that's preposterous. There's no way that could happen. Uh, and I know that they kind of fucked up the camera work as far as like him delivering his first spear on Ziggler did not get shown because it cut back to the ramp or something stupid like that but overall that moment and especially just him being on the stage and the music hitting and uh you know all that air go- whooshing into the air and all that stuff like a hell of a moment that is just so rare that we get something that really thrills you and genuinely surprises you like that yeah and i'll, I'll say the same thing about the aj styles return how it was like kind of talked about um how it might be a possibility what everyone was like no dude two weeks ago this guy was given a you know six-star match in japan there's no way the wwe has been able to lock him in that quickly but there he was and you know you can go back to taz you know of course that was in a time period where um you know the the dirt me and me and bowman were surfing tpww.net that's right other than other than that the dirt sheets (laughs) didn't exist uh so well not in the same way anyway uh so uh you know those surprises were of course much easier back then but yeah that genuine surprise and of course you know i was gonna say that seeing becky lynch win the rumble might have been the biggest pop i was ever present and live and accounted for uh but i was there for maybe one of the most genuine surprises in the last little bit which is the hardy boys return at mania uh which that was like that was an impossible thing that was never going to happen they were wrestling for roh 12 hours ago how could they possibly be here um so yeah though but it's it all is these days it is always impressive to have a genuine surprise in wrestling and who knows is this year cody rhodes i mean he's not under contract guys this is it's funny you say this because uh i was i was cruising the sites today uh tpww i don't think they're going anymore i miss that <laughs> black background with those red links that turn yellow after you click them i remember i remember it well uh but i saw headlines like oh uh rumored confirmed or whatever rumored entrant or return for the royal rumble and i'm like no i am not going to click that i i don't want to know anything i want to know as little as possible because like the aj styles thing yeah there was rumblings and it was that a surprise clickbait shit is re- rarely an actual Nia Jax. interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um but uh yeah especially this year with there potentially being some quote unquote forbidden door entries uh we'll get into that a bit later when we break down uh this weekend's show uh yeah before we move off that i just want to say that Christian's return within that same yes. rumble might be an even bigger moment that I feel like 
gets forgotten in the overall feeling of Edge's return because, you know, we'd seen him do stuff. He'd had that unsanctioned match with Randy Orton that wasn't a real match. Like, he had gotten somewhat physical, but in extremely protected ways on WWE TV over the previous year as part of that Orton-Edge storyline. But when he was actually in that ring and you see him bumping for real, like, it was not something that got hit on commentary that, like, he's back, this is back, like, this is legit for real, he's working. It's something that you kind of had to discover over the course of that match, and that might have been an even bigger thrill than just the fact that Edge was back, honestly. So, so Christian was the year after. Oh, okay. Uh, the one that Edge, is the one that Edge won, though, so I think there's, Edge like, there's two one, yeah. Edge rumbles. Yeah, sorry. In 2020 and 2021. And also, it's all pandemic, but, so I'm getting... It yeah, and also, like, it, Edge was also coming back again. Yes. Like, he'd been off TV for quite a while at the point that he came back to then this win. This is true. Oh, I remember yeah. this now, right. I was yeah. gutted because I, I love Christian. And Christian didn't get to have that moment. It was like, was it not still Thunderdome at the time, or was there like limited fans? Uh, it was. I think it was Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah, and like, but just the two of them sitting in the ring because Christian quietly sort of retired, didn't have the pomp and circumstance that Edge did. But then Christian coming back from his concussions and then landing in AEW a few months later and proving that that guy could still go. Seeing those two hug each other in the Rumble was great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, one of my... They uh, should have gotten the best friend's camera angle. In the, you know, oh, the, the, yeah. The zoom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just going to... Uh, maybe we're, maybe this is off topic now, but I was just going to say I feel like they might be setting something up with Lita this year, being that person that you maybe didn't think could still go, and she can. Mm. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see, because genuinely... Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit, but genuinely, I don't know who's going to win either of the Rumbles this year. Uh, so maybe a sneak attack from from someone like Lita is apropos. Yeah, which is nice because this is the worst Rumbles to go into. And I've been watching a lot of them, researching a lot of Rumbles and stuff. And there are quite a few where like of your final six or eight people, especially in the 90s. All right. It's pretty clear that uh, Xbox not winning this thing. Uh, great to see Mr. Perfect back. But yeah, OK, it's pretty clearly going to be it's going to be The Rock or it's going to be Brock Lesnar or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, one of the most, like, writing-on-the-wall ones for me was, I don't remember what year this was, but it wasn't that long ago, um, was the, you know, all these rumors abound about Ronda Rousey <clears throat> for years, really, and then the women's rumble ends up main-eventing that night. And I was like, that's weird. Why would they do that? The writing's already on the wall that Ronda Rousey's going to show up if they're, if they're waiting for that big moment, and then the writing's even more on the wall saying that she's going to win because how else are they going to play this out right she can't she can't lose or well, she, she didn't lose she didn't she, she just didn't, showed up yeah she stepped oh, up she, she stepped on Oscar's moment that's what she did right, o right that was the yes. first women's rumble Oscar won Alexa Bliss and Charlotte <laughs> were at ringside as the champions and then she's kind of like oh looking at both the belts and then bad reputation hit here comes smiley Ronda Rousey uh, oh shit serious point Point, and then leave. Point. Look out, radioactive man. Point. And <laughs> and we're off the air. <laughs> Don't forget to point. Was the Rumble 2000, was that the best Rumble there was from both a match card perspective to... Now, here's some highlights from Royal Rumble 2000. All right. Uh, you've got Kurt Angle. 
uh, losing to a debuting Taz in New York City as his surprise uh, surprise opponent. And yes, I do uh, miss living in a world where Taz could have been a difference maker in WWE. Uh, we had a pre-TLC um, tables match with the Hardys and the Dudleys for the tag team titles. Uh, obviously, there was the uh, the bikini contest. Yes, it's been a, been a while. That, that's that, what you're, uh, the number one thing you're thinking of when you say, yeah, "Is this yeah. the greatest?" It was the best, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Ivory yep, and yep. Luna having to do that stuff. You feel so bad for them, like looking back, uh, that these Jesus. are like real wrestlers having to uh, having to do this. Uh, Especially and, watching after watching Luna Vachon's like uh, Dark Side of the Ring too. Yeah. It's like, oh Jesus, I mean, what as, she was. As a, what as was a, happening? As there? a 15 year old, I loved it. Not topless May <laughs> Young. That was the May Young uh, prosthetics. Uh, bit, but you also had Triple H versus Cactus Jack uh, for the title on the uh, undercard, and then that was the Royal Rumble that had uh, the Rock one with that Big Show uh, sort of spots. But I also had the too cool moment in that Royal Rumble where Rikishi they did the dance and then he turned on him and threw him out. So good Rumble all around. I mean that WWF title match, the street fight between uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H, is probably the best WWE slash WWF match of all time. Uh, I would say, like, I mean, I'm sure there's obvious other contenders that I'm forgetting about, but that is always, I think, my pick that I gravitate towards is the best uh, WWF match that I've ever seen. And honestly, that whole feud—that's such a wonderful time for WWF wrestling in general it's hilarious that wcw is circling the drain so badly for all of 2000 where like the fed is just cleaning up and putting on some of the greatest shows you're ever going to watch it's crazy that they were able to fill five hours of television every single week back then between the two-hour raw the two-hour smackdown and a sunday night heat that was actually decently important week to week because it feels like oh boy can they not even fill three hours of raw never mind uh, the rest of it at the moment but yeah that i mean that feud continues to no way out with a, a hell in a cell match between those two as well that whole run with foley and triple h is some of the best stuff that they've ever done and yeah honestly you could put anything on the undercard and as long as it had that rumble match and that wf title match i'd be like yeah the, the 2000 rumble is one of the all-time great pay-per-views for sure yeah, I mean, it's a good Royal Rumble title match. Is it in the neighborhood of Holly versus Lesnar? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, the jury's jury's kind of out on that one. That was also the one where Taka Michinoku took that awful uh, f- somersault bump out of the ring and smashed his face. And then Jerry Lawler gleefully uh, demanded to see replays of that uh, throughout, <laughs> the, uh, throughout the match. Uh, but I remember being, yeah, like 15 and watching that. Like, big group of us uh, gathered at my friend's house. And it was an event. Like, there was probably yeah. 20 people there packed into this guy's living room uh, and watching that rumble. Iconic set with the taxi cab. That's the No Mercy video game Royal Rumble set. And when I think of, like, favorite rumble moments and memories like that's the 2000 royal rumble for all the reasons you mentioned justin uh jumps up pretty uh pretty high uh one of my favorite royal rumble moments that wasn't uh chris jericho's 
perfect win being whiffed on in 2012. Uh, I've been talking about this and banging on about this and complaining about it for years, but that was when Jericho had just recently returned and he was doing that gimmick where he wasn't doing anything. He'd come out and like, yeah, come on, and then go to talk and then just go all serious and just fucking walk away. And he was doing that for weeks and... It'll never happen again. It'll The opportunity will never be there again. But I wanted so desperately for him to be number 30 and the, there be two people in the ring and they do a Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Cena, Batista, eliminate each other. And then Jericho wins by default being number 30 going into an empty ring without doing anything. Oh, I mean, it sounds re- I know it sounds really, really fucking stupid, <laughs> but with his Ten, gimmick at the time, nine, that would have been okay. insane. Wins, Royal Rumble winner does absolutely shit all, and I think it wouldn't have hurt him too much because everyone knows Jericho is a great wrestler and can and can go. And he belongs in the main event of WrestleMania. Yes, that's the thing. Is like. Oftentimes, like, no offense to Otis, for example, but giving the Money in the Bank briefcase to Otis, it's like, yeah, I'm entertained by him too, but you're never going to turn him into a main event player, so what are we doing here? I don't know about you. My expectations were subverted (laughs) with that Otis win, and I think that's what the most important thing is, right? (laughs) Yeah, you got to keep them on their toes, right? That's the whole thing. Who cares if you can actually build your franchise around Otis or not, or Hardcore Holly, or whomever you want to use as the example here? Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. You're, sometimes your booking ideas are just ridiculous, Bowman, and you, you're you're wildly out to lunch. That would have sucked. My, you would have hated it. My NXT draft idea is genius, and it would have been amazing for you all of You got some good ones. Yes. That, your, this Royal Rumble one is not one of your good ones. I'm just going to throw it out there. Fair, fair. You want them to count down to just decide who the winner is. That happened in No Mercy once, and we all lost our minds. Because in No Mercy, you could still drag a guy out from the bottom, and it counts as an elimination. So I'll always remember it was test to one because someone had been eliminated. There was one person in the ring. This and someone is a had video game. And it was amazing. And dragged him out. Test runs like, into the ring and celebrates match over. It Louis Erickson has won your video games too. It like, was glorious. <laughs> so, so, so good. Uh, Justin, who are your least favorite, some of your least favorite winners of oh. the uh, of the Royal Rumble? Uh, I mean, the year that Triple H won, when it, the title was on the line in the match, was pretty mm. brutal. One uh, versus all? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was kind of a stupid gimmick in the first place, but I feel like the end of it really was like, oh, I am just not interested in watching WrestleMania at all coming out of this at all like that the whole thing was like the mcmahon family is teaming up against roman reigns they they like bro- they broke the glass in case of emergency to like get vince out of his tomb at the time and hurry him back to tv for the first time in ages <laughs> which kids today if you're tuning in and watching raw and are wondering like oh this crazy dinosaur man who's yelling at austin theory every week <laughs> Like, there was a time when a Vince TV appearance was a special thing that popped the rating and was not something that uh, uh, he appeared to carry a golden egg and yell at some guy about being a millennial. That was not the kind of thing that a Vince McMahon appearance was for. It was to really solidify Roman Reigns by giving him the biggest villain we've got, uh, which didn't work at all. 
Did not work you are, at all. You are talking about the winner of the 1999 <laughs> Royal Rumble uh, with that amount of disrespect. That's that's who that old dinosaur man is. That's a Rumble and, and winner. Speaking two of two years Rumbles. later, he walked out and just kind of broke his both his legs and oh, oh five. exploded his quads. Oh five, <laughs> which is one of my uh, favorite uh, Rumbles of all time. The match is good, and then McMahon comes down, which is exactly what it would have happened with the Jericho thing with your with your crazy booking. Is Vince would have run down to the ring all angry. He probably would have busted his quads again, and we'd be in the same boat. When we were at the Rumble in Phoenix, we were in the hotel room after you know uh, having some time at some dinner and some drinks at the TK. And, uh, yeah, we had the <laughs> iPad going, and we were just all picking Rumbles to watch. And we are just hanging out there watching Rumble matches to get ourselves hyped up. And that was the Rumble that I picked, was the Royal Rumble 2005, which had a ton of iconic moments. Uh, that was the one where uh, I think Raw and SmackDown were squaring off in the ring, all on either side, fighting each other. And then Muhammad Hassan's music hits. Everyone stops what they're doing wait for him to get in the ring he's talking to all of them they all just beat the shit out of him and then throw him out of the ring because uh, he's different because uh, he's a heel. America America like that is that also is one of the most awkward rumbles because that was I believe the Daniel Pewter rumble where uh, he got in the ring with uh, the bully squad was it Benoit Guerrero and hardcore Holly I think and uh, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah they, they were the and they proceeded to representatives of chop shit the, at the shit time. out of this guy and bully the ever loving crap out of him and then toss him out. And then, of course, the botched finish with Cena and Batista both going out at the same time. Vince comes out, tears both his quads. That image of him. That's what I wanted when I picked that rumble. I wanted us to sit there, have some drinks <laughs> in us, and watch Vince. Oh, he's sit just like down, sitting there, yeah. like, no selling it, and like pointing his fingers and directing traffic, sitting in the ring like a fucking child, it like, is, a, like a it child is, waiting for his <laughs> recess snack. That also had the Paul London elimination, the uh, the backflip off of the uh, the apron. Like, yeah, that's that's a. That's a great rumble. As far as complete rumbles go, uh, Justin, do you have other rumbles that you look on really favorably? Um, it's tough. I feel like it's been good in recent years, but then it's hard for me to look back and remember exactly the, the best ones, you know? Um, I do feel like one that was derided, which I hated at the time, but then came to love later that same night, was, I believe, 2017, the year that Roman Reigns came out 30th. And Randy Orton won the year that he was feuding with Bray Wyatt, I'm pretty sure. I was mm -hmm. watching that Rumble at a friend's place with a bunch of guys who were all, you know, very big wrestling nerds, big on NXT, uh, kind of hoping to see a, a major call-up. I think it was Shin We were in a similar venue. Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe were the two guys that everyone was expecting to see that year. 30th. Roman Reigns has already had a match earlier in the night. We're totally expecting it to be one of Joe or Knack. Neither. Reigns music hits. Everybody in the room is furious. <laughs> Cannot believe. What the fuck? This stupid fucking company is going to do it again. Oh, my God. Of course, it was all a fake out. 
to kind of uh, use your emotions that they knew you held towards the idea of Roman winning it to make you happy that Randy won it, which is really not something that you should be happy about, but relative to what you were going to get instead, you might feel that way. Uh, Anyways, I saw it there that way. I later went home to my girlfriend at the time who I was living with, who I had infected with the curse of being a wrestling fan. Uh, We're no longer (laughs) together. She still watches. Uh, I feel sorry for her on that front uh, because I don't watch WWE anymore, hardly at all. I I will watch the Rumble this weekend. But I came home having already experienced it myself. And then instead of watching the television, got to stare at her as she went through the same realization (laughs) that all the guys had gone through two hours earlier. Uh, And just the the pain and confusion and outrage on her face, even as a new fan who barely even knew the NXT call-ups that she was hoping to see. I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And for that, I have come around to be somewhat appreciative of what I had previously considered to be horrible booking. You're like Uatu the Watcher. You're like, I cannot get involved. I cannot interfere. (laughs) She is going through a lot of feelings here. And I have to let her. She has to experience this for herself. Exactly. That one was extra bad for me because that was the mania I was going to. Oh, And so I was like super like someone good has to win this. This is what I want. And then it ended up being Orton and and Wyatt, which was a a historic match for insects getting projected onto the ring. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. So I I had extra investment in that rumble and who was going to win and therefore who I was going to see at mania. And uh, yeah, when Reigns came out. I uh, immediately, I don't know if Bowman remembers this. We were in the same room. I immediately just collapsed to the ground. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't even with wrestling right now. And it's insane because Samoa Joe debuted the next night on Raw. He's in the mix. Come on. Oh, my expectations were subverted. Now, Justin, you had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned trying to get people to be happy for a Randy Orton win and yes. relieved for a Randy Orton win. Uh, it seems that in the era of Reigns, we're talking pre-heel Reigns, uh, the manipulation in the Rumbles uh, sky high. And I want to talk about the one from a couple of years back uh, where... Uh, Infamously, this was the canceled WWE Network one where The Rock came in and tried to, you know, raise his hand and get him cheered and everyone booed The Rock and stuff. Now, that one was famous for uh, Kane and The Big Show uh, basically running through the most popular uh, baby faces at the time to get people on board with Roman winning. That's the Scrappy Doo Rumble, of course, as you may have seen the uh, famous meme of The Rock holding up Roman's arm, and his face has been replaced by Scooby Doo's head and Roman with Scrappies, which is basically the perfect wrestling meme, honestly, especially for Roman of that time. Uh, but yeah, like that was so infuriating because. Look, when we were just talking about WWE 2000 and the Rumble and that era and how great everything was going for the company at that time. Now, that is not necessarily what you might think of as being the golden age of the Attitude Era because The Rock was not around for parts of that time. Stone Cold Steve Austin was definitely out with an injury for all of that time. But what WWE had at the time that they haven't had really of late and has been a real hindrance to the company in recent years is a deep bench of guys that you could put into the title scene and believably be into the idea of any single one of them winning the belt. If you look back at the Attitude Era, you could probably go 12 names deep as far as guys who could be credible world heavyweight champions. 
and you get there by giving them all shine, by building them all up. Not one guy is sacrificed for the benefit of of just one person that the entire company is built around. And that was basically the philosophy in WWE for the better part of the last decade. It's none better exemplified than, yeah, this rumble where we're talking about, where it was one guy after another. Anybody who was possibly over with the crowd at all was going to get destroyed by the Big Show and Kane, who are both well past their primes as heel monsters even seven years ago. It's crazy to think that both of them are kind of still floating around at the moment. But, you know, go down the list. Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler even, was a pretty over babyface at that time. And the biggest example, the biggest sacrifice of them all, knocked out midway through the match, ages before the finish, none other than Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that was dress pants Kane too, which is just even more of a fucking insult and burns burns me uh, pretty badly. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think that was maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like that was the uh, where they're really obsessed with numbers, or when that kind of obsession kind of started uh, when in the like pre promo oh, packets, package, it was like, yeah. oh, this person lasted 32 minutes and they had this many eliminations and blah 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 and. I feel like it was all about the statistics. That that moment was all about like uh, between Big Show and Kane, like who's gonna hold the well, record for most eliminations, and who cares who falls victim to that? They'd already given Roman the most eliminations ever in one single match the year previous, hadn't they? I'm pretty sure. I believe they. Uh, I believe. They, I believe they had. Yeah, it wasn't the year that he won. Because Kane they, and they Big had Show... him break Kane's record from 2001, which is a rumble that guy should have won. And now Braun Strowman has Brock it? passed him, I'm pretty sure. In- I think so. Yeah, because Brock... Because they did a thing with Brock that they've done several times over the years. I kind of wanted to chat a little bit about that. And that's the someone having the dominant run in the middle of the Rumble. They, I think, first did it with Diesel uh, back in, I think it was the 94 Rumble, uh, where guys were coming out one by one and he was just throwing them out. Uh, they've done it with CM Punk, uh, both when he was with the Straight Edge Society and he was cutting promos afterwards. And then they did it with him in the new Nexus. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin did it in 1997. And then Brock Lesnar going on that run, uh, the 2020 Rumble, where they were sending out one person at a time and he was just uh, hoofing everybody out. And I think that's maybe- And you could have had a star-making performance right in that moment for Keith Lee and you opted out of it or or you well you didn't opt out of it it happened but then you opted out of him but, they, but anyway. yeah and they gave uh drew the elimination of brock which set them on a collision course for mania because brock was the champion at the time so yeah it was it was uh it was all right um is randy savage the stupidest person in royal rumble history uh i've got three back-to-back rumbles here uh 1991 he cost the Ultimate Warrior the WWF title to Sergeant Slaughter earlier in the evening. He was not in the Royal Rumble that year because he ran away to escape the Ultimate Warrior and left the building. So there you go. 1992, uh, he jumps over the top rope to get at uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, who he was feuding with, who was outside of the uh, outside of the ring. All right, sorry, Randy, no Rumble 92 win. And then famously, 1993, Justin, you remember what happened with uh, the Macho Man and the 1993 Rumble by any chance? I do not, no. Uh, it came down to him and Yokozuna. Uh, he dropped a flying elbow. He was you know, getting battered. He dropped an elbow on Yokozuna, tried to pin him, and then Yokozuna just single whoop, pressed him up and over the uh, over the top rope. They, thanks for coming, uh, Macho Man. 
I would love, and you kind of already referenced one of them, but I would love to hear all the kind of times they've had to call an audible because someone fucked up. Because, like, this this match format is very easy to fuck up. I think Alex Riley is probably the most famous instance of the, like, the the Batista-Cena thing was a fuck up, apparently. Uh, and Batista was supposed to win clean, but they, like, that was perfect. And that final yeah. four that year was Ray, Edge... Uh, Batista and John Cena. So you want to talk about like launching a new star and then Cena and Batista both like title matches at WrestleMania anyway. But Alex Riley in the year that the Miz faced John Cena at WrestleMania was apparently supposed to be in like the final four of the match. And then he was supposed to do something that cost John Cena and Cena would get eliminated. And then they were doing some stuff on the outside and then Riley slipped and fell like a good 20 minutes before they were supposed to go through that sequence. So basically they had to call an audible and then he went to the back and then came back out and distracted Cena and then Cena got thrown out. Uh, okay. But that was like a, a pretty notorious instance of, <laughs> yep, somebody just fucked up. Cause they never really fuck up any of the Kofi Kingston, John Morrison spots. Really. Yeah, those, those usually go pretty well. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I just do want to confirm that. Yes. Brock Lesnar is the record holder for most eliminations in a single rumble with 13. He did that in 2020. As we were saying, Roman had 12 in the 2013 rumble. And Braun Strowman also has 13, but in the greatest Royal Rumble, which is, of course, a uh, non-canonical rumble. No. Now, the only thing that happened is Titus O'Neil went under the ring. Uh, that's all that rumble is, uh, is known for. And I tell you, with that Brock Lesnar run, I thought Shelton had him. I thought Shelton had him for sure. But you guys were talking about the, the Rumble being a bit of a star-making moment. Not just if you win it necessarily, but if you find yourself in that Final Four, the crowd might react in a certain way, so on, etc. I'm curious, as we head into this weekend, if you feel that possibility with anybody in WWE right now. Because I don't know that I do necessarily. I know that that feeling has kind of come out of nowhere uh, for a couple guys in the past over the last few years, but those are all guys that aren't with the company anymore, whether that uh, is an Andrade uh, Cien Almas who was in the Final Four just a few years ago. or I mean, uh, he's still there, but Finn Balor doesn't even really feel like an important part of anything at the moment. You know, like there, there's plenty of guys who have been on the cusp of that but have not been given the win and then, have, of course, seen that overness be squandered by the company that seems to have uh, uh, an unending uh, ability to squander potential in this way. But yeah, I just like, it feels like the two guys who are going to be on hand to be in this rumble are Braun Breaker and Gunther. And sorry, but like, I'm into both of those guys. You've given them such stupid fucking names. I don't see either of them really being stars anymore. And I know that they want to put a ton of shine on Austin Theory, but like... I'm really going to get on board with the dude who's, like, had the pleasure of being yelled at by Vince McMahon for the last two months? Like, what? Well, I don't see anything, really, to be excited about, necessarily. But maybe I'll be surprised. So, to, to kind of spin off of what you're saying, the only guy who I could think they could do that with might be Braun Breaker. Um, because I think if you're going to, and I don't know when their TV deal is up, but if you want to put a coffin pin in NXT... Uh, putting having Braun Breaker win and and you know unite the titles or what have you uh, or attempt to uh, could could be a way to to just write off NXT entirely. I don't know if that's what their goal is, but I've heard that's the rumor that they're going to try to 
get off of NXT. And but that doesn't have any gravitas right now because NXT isn't NXT from two, three, five years ago. No one cares about Braun Breaker. He might have star value in the future, but he's not Shinsuke Nakamura. He's not Samoa Joe. He's not he's not all these guys who, if they'd shown up at the Rumble, people would have cared. If, if during his Rumble entrance he came out and his name bar said Rex Steiner... Yeah! Yeah, maybe <laughs> I would get go. super excited. Right. Maybe I would get fired up about seeing Brock Lesnar potentially defend against Rex Steiner. But Braun Breaker... Breaker with two K's as if that makes it a real name. What the fuck? No. What he are just, we like, doing He just like punches here? the screen and his name bar explodes. Oh, don't give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. We'll see that in the AR graphics uh, in no time if that were to uh, if that Like were the way happen. how he kicked the X, the NXT X. Oh, X. yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't. I, the reason why I don't see that happening is because they don't have that guy. They don't have anyone who can... They might have these next star guys, but if these next star guys end up winning, no one's going to give a shit. And right now they need people to give a shit. So that's another reason why I don't know who's going to win, because uh, I guess you just strap it on to a guy who's been there before, a Seth Rollins, a, a Big E even, a Kofi, like, you know there's some interesting places you could go there, but still, I don't know who they hitch their wagon to, to make people give a shit. Um, this is going to be a really interesting rumble in that sense. And like, I'm fascinated by the booking of this because I feel like my interest personally in the WWE product at the moment is about as low as it's ever been. I'm not watching the TV like at all, which has not been the case for me basically for the better part of the last decade, essentially. Um, and there's a lot of people like me, like that, who are kind of tuning out of this product. I feel like, you know, you guys were talking about the Becky Lynch Rumble win earlier that you got to see when you were in Phoenix. And people were going crazy for that because she was at her apex and everybody wanted to see her win. And it didn't matter how it happened, right? Like, I think the end of that match, personally, kind of finishes with a whimper rather than a bang. And a lot of Rumbles do, but so often the winner is someone who's so enormously over that the method with which they win doesn't matter. It's the fact that they did win at all is what the audience wants to see. They have their work cut out for them right now because I feel like the the viewing audience on Saturday, and it's so weird that it is a Saturday, <laughs> uh, like kind of has to find their protagonist during the match. I don't know that there's yeah. anybody coming into this weekend who has a rooting interest. They need to be convinced of what they feel kind of by the midway point of the rumble and then be pushed on all, all, like feel that sort of emotional release in the end. If, if the match can successfully get us there, I'm not sure that they have the roster to do that this year. If they hadn't had big E win money in the bank and then have a short, unimpactful title run uh, ended by Brock Lesnar in no time. This would have been a great time. That guy's just been waiting to burst out for years. And I always thought it would have been great that like those Kofi Kingston spots actually meant something and he got to win a rumble with some of them. But like Big E has always been popular and people love that guy. This would have been a great launching pad for him. Here's the deal. You've, you've blown your load, so to speak on those people already uh, when you think about Big E and Liv Morgan would be my other choice of someone who the crowd is really, really behind, but she's had her opportunity now and you've kind of blown your load there. So to kind of give her that shot again in the format of winning the Rumble and going on to Mania, like kind of seems 
moot at this point because she she's already had her program with Becky. They've they've you know made a go of that. She's already lost to Becky, so doing that again seems seems silly or to give her that opportunity again uh, giving bianca belair is another good example of someone but do you give bianca belair the two years in a row victory like there's a lot of people here and it's the same way on the men's side it's like okay you could just give it to the same people over again you could give it to fucking charlotte you could give it to seth rollins and fine you're you're steady on the course but there is nothing exciting about that to to anyone who you know, like like Justin, who has been watching AEW deliver product every single week that tops anything that WWE has to offer. So what are you going to do to make it different? And I mentioned this last week, and I've mentioned it in previous episodes. The only thing that they could do to get eyes on Saturday is The Rock. And I'm not sure that's in the books for them. Well, see, here's another he will, thing. He's going to come back. He's going to get that fucking egg back from Austin <laughs> Theory. I need I need payoff to that angle. I need to see where that goes. But here's the thing. You you mentioned all that. And I got another name for you. A guy who just recently signed a new contract. Uh, Kevin Owens. But here's the thing. You've had Kevin Owens in and out. Like last Royal Rumble, he was in the last man standing match with Roman Reigns, which was an awesome match. Uh, ending botch notwithstanding. But... Uh, yeah, he's been in and out of the title picture. You've used him to just kind of be stopgap to get you to these other main feuds you're going with. Where now if he wins the Royal Rumble, like it's not... He could not win the Royal Rumble and get a title shot at the April pay-per-view uh, without any problem. The Rumble isn't really used to elevate people like it had been in the past. And that's kind of... Those are my Rumbles that I uh, that I prefer, Justin. Uh, you're right for sure. There's no, there's definitely no elevating Kevin Owens beyond like what Kevin Owens needs right now is a credible title run. You know, he got that universal championship run, but he was treated like a joke the entire time. Jericho was the star of that act the entire time that Owens had the belt. He was clowned out to fucking Bill Goldberg, uh, to drop the belt ahead of, uh, mania oh. that year. I'm still upset oh. about that decision. <laughs> Best fast lane ever. <laughs> yes, that that fast lane roadblock. That no, that, that fast, fast lane really was terrible. It had a stretch in it where like Big Show wrestled against uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. That's that was like interminable. I feel like Sheamus and Cesaro were out there for fucking. A year and a half, basically, in the middle of that card, having matches with Big Show. But anyways, um, <laughs> it's so funny. You like, digress. So funny you mentioned that with like Goldberg, just like killing things. Because I know Paris, you love Goldberg, and my brother. Oh, false. I, yeah, I, I hate Goldberg. Uh, yeah. My brother-in-law had been with like some NXT events in Toronto uh, with me. Uh, he had kind of seen. He's a financial guy. He kind of seen like the business that WWE was doing. He was like, "Oh, should I invest?" Like they and he's going through his stocks. Like they're looking like they're doing pretty good. And he's a pretty smart guy with his money. And it was, I think, it was either Goldberg beating Kevin Owens, or I think it might have been Goldberg beating the Fiend. Where I'm like, "Yeah, you don't want to get involved with uh, with these guys." <laughs> he's like, "What happened?" Then I, exp- I, then I explained to him how bullshit it was, and I'm like, "Everybody's really mad." He was like, oh, okay. But here's the thing. If Kevin Owens won the Men's Rumble, we just talked about there not being really a ton of choices that can get that elevation out of a win. Is Owens not a guy who would benefit from that vote of confidence? Because I feel like he got booked badly a little bit over the course of the last six months on the assumption from the company that he was probably going to leave and go to AEW. He does need rehabilitating a little bit, but he 
does sort of seem like a very credible option to be the guy to finally unseat Roman Reigns if that is what they want to do if they're you know not saving that specifically for Braun Breaker or what have you. Um, on the women's side, though, I really do hope Liv does win it. I think she is the best choice who could get a star-making bump out of that. I know that you're right, Mike, that she did just have a program with Becky that she lost, but I would say the Rumble is when a lot of people tune in for Mania season, so there's a significant chunk of your audience that did not see any part of that program at all, and it's not an entirely uncompelling story to basically be like, you've got this opportunity and failed before. What makes you think you're going to do it this time and have her actually pull it off? Now, I do think on the women's side, there is some opportunity to have someone from NXT succeed. I I think about maybe like Io Shirai, who has some good kind of credibility around her. She's been around long enough in NXT that she has the respect of the people of, you know, NXT 1.0 fans. Um, so that might be an interesting choice. So I think there are more options on the women's side. Like I said, Lita is Lita the right person. I don't know if Lita can go right now. I don't know what she looks like in the ring, but you know, if you want that kind of, um, veteran coming back who you loved when you were 15 person, she might be the right fit there. Uh, you know, in, in the style of edge or Goldberg or whomever, all these people that they continuously bring back, you know, to have that on the women's side could be interesting. Um, and I don't think Beth Phoenix is doing anything else other than her match of the evening. Um, but anyway, on the men's side, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm worried because even with Kevin Owens and we're talking about the three of us, some of the bigger Kevin Owens fans going. And even for me, him winning the rumble would be like, Oh, okay, sure. Like, yeah, that's good. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity, but I'm not going to be up in my seat going, hell yeah, Kevin Owens, like you did it. Um, it just doesn't have that. It has a very, like, he's a very middling face right now, right? He doesn't get huge pops when he comes out. People don't love him in the same way that they, they've loved other faces in the past. And I kind of compare that to maybe a Drew McIntyre win where it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he kind of deserves that. But I would say that that's because we've been down that road before and been burned by putting our faith. Well, Dude, you could say that about but, so much but, but that's shit not, that we're talking but about. That's right not now. the problem. Like, that's not because of Kevin Owens. That's because of Kevin Owens's booking, right? I think totally. Kevin Owens is still a guy that this audience could very easily get on board with as a number one babyface. Like, we've wanted that forever, and every time they sort of tease it, it feels clear that he's still kind of a, a B plus player in the grand scheme. When you give him the investment on the new deal that they supposedly just did, two point mm, five million yeah. a year or whatever it is. Uh, you know, obviously, just like Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, that makes you a big target for cuts when cuts come around. But in the meantime, if they're paying you that money, they want to get their dollars worth, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. And, and I, I, makes a ton of sense. And I would imagine that that was part of Kevin Owens's plan as well. Like, I don't think he would have signed that contract unless he felt that he was going somewhere and that creative had had something to do with them. So maybe that was part of the negotiations. Maybe that is the plan. Because you're right, you don't invest that kind of money uh, into someone like that and not expect a main event player. And also, Kevin Owens doesn't invest the rest of his wrestling career ostensibly into WWE unless they've got something for him to do. And the thing that we've seen with, for example, uh, a Jinder Mahal championship run is that, like, 
anybody can be anything within the WWE system if they decide that they want you to be that, right? You just need the machine to get on board with you. The fans have shown already a huge propensity to embrace Kevin Owens in that position. We just haven't really been offered it necessarily. I'll tell you one thing I do not want to see in this Royal Rumble. And the year that we were at where Seth won it, I was very excited because Seth Rollins is a phenomenal athlete. And we weren't going to see what we've grown to describe as the, the Samoan nap, where someone gets taken out of the Rumble, put through a table, abducted backstage, blah, 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 blah. And then they just get to scoot out at the end when there's like five dudes left and get involved. I hate that. I hate that with an absolute passion. And the reliance on that over the years has been way way too much where every single rumble someone takes an extended break and then comes back like that one versus all rumble justin that you were mentioning was that not the one where roman reigns was out pretty much the entire time pretty sure yeah like, he like got taken in the back of the stretcher for like 50 oh, minutes yeah, he, got beat, he came be- out at number one down by the league of nations if you can remember that yeah. stable oh, oh yeah <laughs> oh hey those are some of my boys there wade barrett i loved wade barrett <laughs> Oh, man. And uh, and then Seth Rollins, again, I think Braun Strowman put him through a table, and he was laying out on the outside for probably a good, like, 10 minutes, where where's that, like, Ric Flair performance? Where's that Rey Mysterio performance where somebody is legitimately in the ring kicking ass the entire time without the little storyline shortcuts and stuff? If I see that, if you're watching on Saturday and you see something like that happen, just know wherever I'm at, I'm frowning and I'm shaking my head in anger, and I'm taking it out on my family i'm not (laughs) i had a bad softball game and then this happened this is bullshit uh i feel like we are uh blowing right past and completely disrespecting uh johnny knoxville's chances of winning the royal rumble yes Uh, paris the odds on knoxville going to wrestlemania to promote jackass uh four Five? Well, what are the five, jackasses, four. huh? Uh, anyway, uh, the chances are zero. But um, I think the chances of this being rather entertaining are quite high, knowing this man's propensity to put himself into stupid situations where he might get hurt. So I could actually see a reasonably good performance coming out of Johnny Knoxville here and not uh, Drew Carey paying Kane to throw him out of the ring kind of <laughs> stuff. I think that I think I could see Johnny Knoxville, especially because they've been promoting it for quite a while. You know, and if Bad Bunny shows up, you know, who who knows who's going to win? That'd be fun. I'm into that. He doesn't need to train for it, right? If Bad Bunny comes, that'd be all right. Maybe Bad Bunny comes in, gives Johnny Knoxville a Canadian destroyer, a Done. Puerto Rican destroyer. Book it. I'm here for it. And you have to love also, like, it really bodes well for Johnny Knoxville that he's been involved with Sami Zayn this entire time. Because, like, who is more dependable to have an entertaining segment on a WWE show if not Sami Zayn? Oh, he's the f- he's the fucking best. I hope I would love to see an internal like Rumble story. They don't really do a lot of internal stories. I think one of my favorite angles of the last like two decades was uh, Shawn Michaels Undertaker two, where Shawn Michaels at the Slammy started campaigning for a rematch, and Undertaker kept saying no. Undertaker was the world champion, and he had Michaels in that Royal Rumble desperately trying to win, so the Undertaker had to face him. Uh, and then he got like a lot of close calls. You were super invested in Shawn Michaels winning that match. And then he gets eliminated and snaps and beats the hell out of a bunch of referees. Uh, it feels like the last like several rumbles, there haven't really been a lot of internal stories. I think about the 
Uh, maybe, uh, it might have even been that 05 Rumble where Michaels and Kurt Angle planted the seeds for their WrestleMania feud that was just born out of the uh, born out of the Rumble. So you don't really see a ton of storylines or anything happen a lot anymore. Either. Yeah, I, I think you maybe see more of that where it's like, oh, this is setting up for a program between these two moving forward. Uh, but I would like to see more of the going into it kind of stuff. Uh, people going in with an internal storyline because any internal storylines and, and this Knoxville Sami Zayn one uh, is a good example of this. Any internal storylines right now in the Rumble are played for laughs, right? It's it's just a it's a joke, really. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing a little bit more storytelling from the WWE in general would be nice. Austin in regards and Austin, to their wrestling. Yeah, Austin and Bret Hart in '97 was another one where they were kind of feuding, and then Austin was throwing everybody out and then it's empty in the ring and then Bret Hart's music and yeah big storyline moment within the rumble that I thought was great well this is sort of what I was talking about earlier right when I was saying that you sort of need to find your rooting interest mid-match this year because there really right. isn't uh, a favorite and and yeah like I I'm fully aware that the booking is going to be manipulating my emotions but I want to be manipulated in this case, you know, like I, I want to have a rooting interest. I want to be invested in something. That's the problem with WWE for me right now is I don't see that investment uh, rewarded often enough to be able to make it. If there is a possibility for me to feel invested, that's the other thing, right? Like I don't even see the potential to be like, who's my guy in WWE right now. I don't even have one like Kevin Owens, but I, again, I've been burned by the booking so many times. Do I feel like he's got a fair shot at being the guy I want him to be? If he wins the Rumble, maybe. If he's booked well in this Rumble, we'll see, I guess. But going into it, like, I'm a, I'm a blank slate as an audience member, and that kind of sucks, but is also kind of an exciting place to be at the same time. I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention Maven eliminating The Undertaker and then getting his, uh, his ass kicked afterwards as one of the all-time uh, great phenomenal Royal Rumble uh, moments that whenever I think about Rumbles always kind of always kind of comes up for me oh poor Maven I was a big Maven guy yeah I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah I was how excited were you I was I was excited yeah and then he got a title shot uh, shortly thereafter on Monday Night Raw I believe or maybe it was prior to but uh but yeah you know I I, I popped for Maven I was one of the guys now we want his, his one fan. We Maybe had, he'll show up. Surprise entrant. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be great. I had loved, uh, well, we, we talked a little bit before about uh, the Women's Rumble this year. Obviously, one of the big surprise entrants announced weeks out is current Impact Women's Champion uh, Mickey James. Do you guys feel that this is all like kind of a bit of a smokescreen to get people to tune in uh, for other surprises that may happen? I, I don't think there are other surprises. Well, happening, that's the thing. You're like, oh, we've got the Impact Women's Champion. You don't know who's going to show up. And then it's going to be like the Hurricane or something. Like you're expecting Moose <laughs> and you're going to get the Hurricane. Uh, I mean, I'm, I sort of like that they did announce some of the return names this year ahead of time. Maybe not necessarily Mickey James. Like that feels like a, a, a surprise that would have been genuinely exciting on the show, especially if she came out on stage wearing the Impact Knockouts title. Like, that would feel like a big moment, and I feel like you've kind of given that away already. But someone like Summer Rae, for example, who ha who did get announced and has sort of been around Raw of late, has been in the audience during these pre-Rumble matches as, like, a, 
you know, slated on the Chiron as a WWE legend, which is a legend abuse of that word. But, that, you know, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, you know, that's a person where it's like, yes, get me in the mindset where I'm going to see faces from back in the day. I'm going like that's someone you can trot out weeks in advance and get your dollars worth and and put on raw for a few weeks and not just get 20 minutes of match time out of them on the pay-per-view itself someone like a mickey james though i would rather have that surprise but you are kind of right though jordan in that it does sort of tease you with the possibility that if this is what we're announcing for the women's side already are there some secret surprises from beyond the hidden door on the men's side that we're not going to tell you about? The answer is probably no, but <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad you've set your I'm expectations. I'm going to tune in, kind of hoping that it's yes, you know. <laughs> they did it, yeah. Like Mickey James as a like it, it's it wouldn't. No one would care if she wasn't the Impact Champion. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like she, 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 she was recently with WWE. It's not a big deal. Like when she initially came back, it was cool. Um, when she challenged Asuka, right? That was when she they initially brought her back. That was fun. And now it just seems so like nothing. If she wasn't the Impact Champion, no one would give a shit about this entire plotline. If Jordan Grace was the Impact Champion, and that's who they were bringing in. That's a that's a different story. But you're talking about someone who has had close ties with the WWE forever. So. I, I don't care. I'm going to have to disagree, though, because the end of her previous run was so acrimonious. She was, of course, the woman who got her belongings sent to her in a garbage bag and posted publicly about that, how she was made to feel like trash on yep. the way out. Yeah, Like, that was true. such a public spat that the fact that she did sign and is willing to come back, I'm not saying that it would be the story that it necessarily is being presented as, but there is some sort of, like, makeup, kiss and makeup element to this that it still would be a, a new story in wrestling circles, I think, certainly. An another person that we haven't talked about as a potential winner here is a returning Alexa Bliss, right? Mm, like, yeah. I don't really know what they're doing with her right now. It's kind of confusing they're kind of trying to rehab her character out of craziness seemingly um but you know she's a she's someone who's been there before uh she's someone who could get over as either a face or a heel no matter which way they put her um and there i think there's someone that's someone who people would get excited about winning as well something we someone we haven't seen wrestle in a while uh but has been over in the past all right so we'll quickly uh run down the rest of the card for uh saturday before uh, getting out here. So we also have uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, oh Mike Paris is your dream match. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley uh, going at it for the WWE title. Justin, you excited about this? I am, yeah. I think this is honestly a bigger draw than the Rumble match itself, which is really saying something. Ugh. Typically, I do get up for the Rumble quite a lot, but this year I'm not really feeling it. I am very, very excited for Lesnar-Lashley for some reason. This has been kind of the match for Lashley ever since he came back. It took them a hell of a long time to get here, but I am very fired up for it, got to admit. I'm already fast-forwarding through this match. <laughs> I'm already fast-forwarding through this. Uh, Becky Lynch, uh, big-time Bex, uh, defending the Raw Women's Championship against uh, Dewdrop. Paris, Paris, you're a Dewdrop guy. You like Piper Niven a lot. I am. I do like Piper Niven, and uh, I don't necessarily like what they're doing with her but it, albeit that being said when she was brought onto the main roster with Eva Marie I was like oh wow this is a 
a quick route to your release, you will be promptly run through this program and promptly evicted. And they haven't done that. So I guess I, I can't, uh, I can't complain too much because they've certainly done more with her than I would like. I wish they'd change her fucking stupid name. Uh, <laughs> and I wish they'd stop making fat jokes at her expense. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm happy to see her in, in kind of a main picture here. Yeah, they do drop the ball, don't they? Uh, <laughs> on just about everything, including naming people lately, which seemingly was not the problem for quite a long time. Remember when people got to keep their own names? Fuck, what Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura. Were we ever so young Piper that Niven. people could... You're come like, in with their indie cred and keep the name of the brand they have built up and their respect. Like AJ they, they Styles named her Piper Niffin, didn't they? Pardon? No, no that's her real they name. They named her Piper that's Niffin. Her, real name. her like real that's like her birth name? name. Yeah. So, oh, so okay. Viper, she was Viper. Viper was her right. her name on the indies. Which like use that okay. even use anything but Dewdrop, which is spelled D O U. It's the worst fucking name I've ever heard in my life. Uh, better than Braun Breaker? Or? Yeah, better. How many K's? No, no, yeah. no. No, <laughs> no it's worse. <laughs> Braun Breaker is better. Dewdrop is worse. Dewdrop is the worst name going. I still can't believe we didn't see, like, Alan Jones or whatever uh, come in. And it was AJ Styles. That was the first kind of, like, oh, good for them. They made- let, them keep, uh, let them keep the name. Do you know what Oni Lorcan's indie name is? Biff Busick, right? Yeah, it's Biff the Busick, coolest yeah. fucking name ever. It's the ever. fucking coolest name. And yeah. they, they made him Oni Lorkin. What? Come on. I just don't understand how you expect these people to go get over with these kind of names. It's it's, it's insane. Exactly. I how don't has know Dolph what the Ziggler been here with that name oh, for like God. 14, 15 years well, now? Well, I think his career has gone exactly the way it was to as named like Dolph Ziggler. Exactly. Like this is if you were to say, hey, here's a wrestler, his name's gonna be Dolph Ziggler, what do you think his career path is gonna be? I don't think either of us would have said, Oh, he's gonna be world champion at some point. Like, oh god, that's gonna be a fucking death sentence. Uh and it's not gonna work. Cause yeah, it's names are important. And I it's almost like they're trying to prove that they aren't. Like we can name Walter whatever the fuck we want. Uh, we'll own it, we'll own the trademarks, we'll own all that stuff, and we'll make him a star. It'll be that new brand, the reinvented brand recognition for Gunther. 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 Um, this no. match itself, though, I I mean, it's a nothing match on this card. I like Piper Niven. Does she have a chance of unseating Becky Lynch? Absolutely not. That's kind of why she's in this match, is that she's not a reasonable contender to win the Rumble. Uh, so, like, I think she's a decent worker, though, and I do think Becky has really put in an effort to step it up in the ring lately as well. So, as a match, I do like the potential here. Overall, I couldn't care less. We got uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and uh, Maurice. That doing anything for uh, that doing anything for anybody? Oh, from a work rate perspective, uh, of course. The, it's going to be the match <laughs> of the night. Now, uh, you know what? Though? <laughs> These things always tend to deliver, though. The one. With John yeah. Cena and, and Nikki Bella at WrestleMania a couple of years ago was fantastic. Uh, like, yeah. Miz is just like he knows his place on the card and he is able to fill that role to a T. I would imagine this will be no exception. I kind of am looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah, I, I sure. Yeah, I'll echo what Justin said. It's like I, I don't care about maybe any of the people involved. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I, I don't like. 
specifically the women, like, albeit they were, they had their heydays in my kind of hiatus from wrestling, so I'm not, you know, I don't have any attachment to to Beth Phoenix or Maurice in any sort of way, Um, but I like The Miz, I like Edge, so, you know, maybe there's a match here, but... I don't know. It, you you have to be you have to make it really entertaining to do a good mixed tag match. Like mixed tag is a very hard thing to do. Yeah. So also, um, uh, Rousey Angle, Triple H and Stephanie, another amazing uh, mixed tag match Absolutely. at WrestleMania. Seth and Becky versus, versus Lacey Evans, Baron and Baron Corbin. Corbin. Oh, Come yeah. on, guys! I saw that one live oh, too. You poor, poor, <laughs> poor man. <laughs> <laughs> And Ugh. then, uh, yeah, Justin, you mentioned, like, the camera missing, like, not only Edge's first spear when he came back in the Rumble, also for AJ Styles' debut, we were all subjected to what Roman Reigns' thoughts were on it first and foremost, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, they didn't show him until after Reigns reacted. Um, they had a bit on Raw last week where Edge and Beth Phoenix ran through, like, a litany of tag team finishers on, like, security guards or indie wrestlers. Uh, camera cuts missed all of them. They hit a heart attack. They hit a 3D, which you saw, but like you barely caught any of it because they were too busy cutting back and forth to this and Miz and Maurice, and I've never been so frustrated. Like I'm like, yeah, this is a good segment. They're going to come in. They're going to batter all these security guards. That's so fun. And hit yeah. all these classic tag team maneuvers that they've been working on, and you miss all of it because of the frenetic cuts. It's awful. All the people who are like, Raw will never be good again until Vince McMahon dies. It's like, no, Raw will never be good again until Vince Dunn is not in the truck. Like, Yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Dunn's got to yeah, fuck. Kevin He's Dunn, gotta, sorry, yeah. Got to go. Got to go. And then the last thing, it's Roman Reigns versus, oh, man, Seth freaking Rollins. Again, they're just hitting it Thank out you. of the park with the names. He's officially Seth freaking Rollins uh, now. Yeah. Uh, uh. This, this uh, should be a good match, though. Like, hypothetically yep. speaking, these two put on one of the best WWE main events of the last decade, and that's Money in the Bank 2016, I want to say. Um, outstanding match. Like, they have great chemistry. They have uh, – but, like, here's the thing for me is, like, storyline-wise, is this not two heels going head-to-head? Like, what – am I supposed to be feeling about this? Well, we don't know what Seth Rollins' character is. He wears loud clothes and he goes, ha, 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 and he cackles. That's it. What's his character? Oh, he, he dresses loudly and he, ha, 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 and he cackles like a fucking cartoon. He's, he's jokerified. And, and, that's, and that's it. He's, yeah, he's fucking TNA Sting when he lost his mind and had his pet raven. Just, you know, woohoo. Upset, like it's great, and they get they got kind of real during the build to this, talking about how oh Roman, you've got the Usos propping you up just like me and Mox, ah, wink wink. Uh, we're propping you up in the Shield and all that sort of stuff. So like okay, but, but uh, I saw a bit of that promo. Seth still came off as a big time whiny heel. <laughs> Don't understand what I'm supposed to feel about any of this. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I had put it out on Twitter asking uh, folks if they had any rumble moments or matches or memories that uh, they like. Uh, Lauren Gardner at that guy seventy two, uh, big wrestling fan. Uh, he wanted to list some amazing non rumble matches that uh, we need to make sure we mention. Uh, Lesnar versus Rollins versus Cena, the triple threat in two thousand fifteen. Absolutely that was good. Ooh, incredible match. Part of it is like if you nail the rumble match. 
if they book the Rumble match well in a given year, the odds that the Rumble as a pay-per-view overall will be the best show of the year are very high because what for whatever reason, like the Rumble has had some real banger title matches, and that is a classic example. I was talking about some of the best WWE main events of the decade with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. That's another one for Seth Rollins right there, that triple threat with Cena and Lesnar. Just an outstanding match. I feel like what's really killed their momentum this year is that day one show. Like, it really was just uh, ill-placed. You didn't get the momentum you needed building towards the Rumble. And now I'm like, oh, shit, the Royal Rumble's this weekend? Okay, oh, sure, if you say so, right? And it's because they had this show so recently and, like I say, uh, kind of shot their shot and blew their load on a lot of a lot of programs that they were building up to. Uh, for that show and so why interrupt the flow like that i'm not quite sure what their thought process was there Yeah, the date of the rumble this year is like an nxt gimmick you could tell me anything and i would believe it a girl who wants to take naps yeah okay sure it's, it's on a saturday shoe <laughs> yeah. all right i've been watching no, a lot no. of so now shoe. it's gonna be 10 <laughs> 9 8 and then it's gonna cut to her sleeping in the back oh yeah <laughs> just your let's way let's do it I'd well, love no, to see a, the, a the, rumble spot too. Go the, ahead. Bu- the buzzer sound is going to be her alarm. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Lock that in. Uh, Lauren also lists John Cena versus AJ Styles in 2017. Another awesome, awesome uh, title match where Cena Cena won. Uh, Triple H and Cactus Jack in 2000. HBK and Undertaker's casket match in uh, 1998. Obviously, more famously remembered for Michael's like exacerbating his back injury to the point of retirement. Uh, this is a couple months out from Stone Cold Steve Austin basically taking the ball and running with it, but that was a really solid match. And then he also mentions HBK and Triple H in 2004, uh, Last Man Standing. That was a draw because they both lost, and then Michaels spent the next two months forcing his way into the Chris Benoit, Triple H, uh, WrestleMania program. So... Uh, yeah, some great world title matches at WrestleMania, uh, or sorry, at the Royal Rumble. Hopefully we get some more on Saturday. Anything else Rumble-wise you guys wanted to get into, or any any moments or memories that we have, uh, we've left out? It just feels like, as a show, it is so, uh, the emotional swings, the potential is there for some wild um, results at either end of the pendulum, right? You get the huge high of seeing the baby face that you've been cheering for for years who's never got their moment to shine. Get their moment if they happen to win the big match itself. But the match, more often than not, has a propensity (laughs) to just piss people off like nothing else in wrestling. And for that reason, like, sometimes even when it's bad, it's still fun because, like... I don't know. I I just want to feel anything when I watch WWE these days, even if that feeling is a negative, like, repulsion from what I'm seeing. That would be an improvement over, I just feel nothing when I watch the product so often right now. Passive indifference from Justin Morris. Yeah, and and I I I love this match. I I always have and want it to be good, but, like, just like I said, the, the... the weird build this year has felt so odd to me, and maybe it's because I'm less connected to the to the TV weekly TV product than I usually am. Uh, but like, I just don't care. I don't know what to expect, and I don't like that I don't know what to expect in a weird way. One guy that we haven't talked about really hardly at all is Drew McIntyre, who 
they feel like have they've been saving the Roman match. Like with that Roman versus Drew, I feel like has been the collision course SmackDown program all year. So the possibility of him winning this thing is probably pretty high. And like I don't know that I'm that excited about that, though like he got his big moments without no, a crowd, so on, maybe this is like a makeup thing for him. I don't well know. he got the he got the he got the rumble win with a crowd. That was one of the last um uh, shows yes. before they had to but go the, into the pandemic the main, era, but the main, the main yeah. event of WrestleMania. Yeah, and we I saw the network documentary where it was uh, super depressing that that got kind of robbed from him and everything like that. But like I feel like we've been down the the Reigns uh, McIntyre thing, and I don't want anyone to beat Reigns that has already hmm. been a champion before. That's that's all I want from that. I want that to make absolutely make a new star. I thought it would have been perfect for Big E, but I've already oh we're gonna do this and we did this and there you go. And I guess we're waiting. Justin, as you said, we're waiting for Braun Breaker. Well, I, I guess yeah. Now that you mention it, we did see Roman and uh, Drew as like Drew's first solo program, basically when he split off from being a tag guy from uh, from from Dolph Ziggler. Dolph. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I mean, this would be a a flip of alignments and it's a bit different, but you're right. I mean, that's the problem, though, with WWE right now. When you release as many guys as they have released, how many fresh matchups that we haven't seen before are there really to put on at the moment? The, the answer is Carmelo probably Hayes, many. baby. Carmelo Hayes getting a big push. Yeah, why the hell not? That'd be good. Um, uh, Paris, anything else you wanted to add before yeah, we shut it down? Be- before I rudely cut you off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm good. I, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, general sense of sense of apathy for Saturday. But, uh, but let's hope it's good. Let's hope it's good because I, I have, I have optimism that it has the let's, opportunity to let's... surprise me. Let's hope it's good. Uh, that closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation, our special Wrestle or uh, Royal Rumble episode. I think we might do the same maybe around WrestleMania time. Uh, do a WrestleMania special, look back on some of the best Mania moments. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod, and be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, and if you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, helps with our metrics. Special thanks. Thanks to Justin Morissette at Justin Morris with one R on Twitter. Justin, anything else you want to plug? Uh, no. The yeah, you can find me on Twitter M O R I S. Um, and yeah, uh, you can hear me on the commentary table, sitting right next to Jordan Bowman. Our next show is February twenty fifth, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So yeah, you can hear me there and and check out the matches. Like we were saying earlier in the show, if you were there live for an NEW show and haven't watched them back, if you have never watched the broadcast. I know I'm very biased, and uh, Jordan Bowman is as well, but uh, it's a pretty professional job. I think you would be very Absolutely. Those are, like I said, some of the best produced independent wrestling you're going to find on the internet. I just want to drop a quick plug. I was on a, another podcast this week. I was on Game of Your Life with, uh, uh, I believe, a common uh, associate of ours, Justin, uh, in Jordan Ducharme. It's his podcast about video games. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I was talking about The Last of Us as one of my favorite video games. It's because you're Never too played scared. It one day, I hope I'll have the courage to... to <laughs> It's because I'm too I'm true a big for me. scaredy. It's true huh? for me. It's definitely true for me. I haven't played it either. I was lent it 
uh, right before the pandemic started, and then right before I was going to start playing, a global <laughs> pandemic happened, and that <laughs> happens to be the plot of the game, and I was like, no, thank you. I think I'm good. Am I going to watch The Stand right now? Oh, well, on no. Bowman's other podcast, he was forced to watch uh, what, is Contagion. So. <laughs> Contagion. Contagion. Yeah, watch and review Contagion and and uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, yes. which also kind of dealt with how quickly this thing could spread and just yeah yeah some uncomfortable feelings around that. So uh, all right, that's uh, that's great. So thank you to Justin Morissette uh, for the Architect, uh, Mike Paris, Andre Bowman. We'll see you next week on Wrestle Nation. <laughs>